We are live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And guys, that was a dreadful soccer game. There's no way around it. There's a few, a few. I don't know. I thought there were going to be good things going yeah. into the game that we can talk about, but um, certainly not the result we wanted to see there, especially with some key players back. Back uh, and then out again. Well, yeah, in, in the case of Russell Knauss, but. We're live. Uh, welcome to the show. John Lee, joined, uh, as always, by Joshua Morgan, Sam Kastner, and, and Michael Black. Back from vacation. Sounds like you had a good time. Heavy wins, though. Yeah, the, the beach does not compare to watching a DC United soccer game, although in this case... <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that a good thing? Or? Uh, hard to say. Hard to say. So tonight we saw uh, the return of, of Russell Knauss and uh, and who else was back from injury? I'm even losing it already. Brian. Brian. Steven Brian. Brian. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Brian. I'm sorry. We're no, all losing no, man. Uh, Everyone's been injured. Everyone. We got back. a nice tight show tonight. <laughs> it's about to be that's a long right. night. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Michael, you made the joke the other day that we thought fi- uh, that Fisher was coming back from injury, and I, I googled it. And I was like, I don't think he was hurt, but I mean, hell, everybody's <laughs> been hurt on this team, so I who knows? Uh, but wow. Wow. I looked at the schedule coming out, and and this was the like, all right, well, this is three points for sure. And then there's a couple other games we got a shot to earn some points. We didn't get three points. We did not. I don't know if I looked at any game on the schedule and said we've got three points here. I think you know we can talk a little more about the upcoming schedule coming up. You know, there's certainly some games on there that are tough. But the way this team has played this year, I don't think I go into any game saying yes, that is three points. There's certainly times that you hope for it and think, hey, you know, things get right, we can do it. But this is not a team that shows up and expects to win on a weekly basis. No, I, when it came out, I, I and I saw it on Reddit and Twitter. Like every every DC United fan experienced that same thing. They were like, "Oh, those are those are winnable games." And then they remembered our form and just <laughs> the state of the team right now. And they're like, "Uh, well, at least we won't. We're not like headed into like Death Valley. It could have been much worse in MLS for sure. Uh, Columbus is is one to avoid right now. They're playing really well, and and, and uh, Seattle LAFC, Portland. Uh, so luckily we don't play them though. So. Luckily yeah. we only have Columbus once, I believe, yeah, on, on, on this uh, on the end of the schedule. But you know, DC United came back. Obviously, as we mentioned, some some players coming back, but in a in a four four two for the first time in a while. Um, and you know, coming into this, I the, my first reaction was, well, it's it's a four four two flat in the lineup graphic, but you've got Moreno and Canals in there, both of whom are defensive midfielders so are we doing like the empty bucket at midfield i mean th- this isn't going to be an attacking lineup to start and to me with all the progress we've shown over the past couple of weeks why i i think you get to pat yourself on the back for that analysis i mean it wasn't <laughs> super deep <laughs> uh, i think most dc United fans could have <laughs> brought that from this formation but yeah you're right it, and we saw that in the first 20 minutes most of these games while disappointing dc united has come out fast and, and hot and, and pressed a little bit at the beginning of the games we did not see that today it was definitely uh, i don't even know if it was an intentional empty bucket but it, there was definitely no one in the midfield who could create anything no and it yeah. felt like kamara and, and rivas at the beginning were just completely on an island and It'll be interesting to hear what they say during the press conference, um, what Ben says. And coming up soon. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if we know who else is coming up. But um, during the pregame press conference, for those of you who saw on our Twitter, um, Rivas and Kamara were both really complimentary of each other. And they were really excited to start working together and getting used to working together. Um, and they just had great things to say. And they thought that they were going to be able to create great chances between the two of them, which, I mean, directly goes against what you all have been saying and what we just <laughs> witnessed. So I wonder like 
what the practices were like leading up to this, right? Like if they were practicing as though they would continue that offensive push and then for whatever reason today everyone was just told to be more defensive. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think what was tough is they just they didn't see the ball. Yeah, and, you know, Sam, you made the point that you want to see this team play a consistent formation and just kind of grind a – you know, style in and, you know, make that be DC United style. We saw another shift today. You know, they've gone back to the four four two, then they've changed it up a little bit. You know, a lot of that's dependent on personnel, but you're not really getting results with trying to change game to game. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing. Hey, and I pull up the heat map. I think it's halfway in the first half. And I showed you guys that, Basically, we had the ball. Bill had the ball in his box. The back line had the ball on the back line with, with Canals and Moreno with them. And then it was just like Assad, Kamara, Rivas on, on this little island in half field. And, and that's that's what it looked like on the on the pitch. They just got the ball and they kind of like did a, tried to do a little bit of something in the midfield, but it never really, it never really pushed Nashville. No, and, and I mean – we saw on Twitter a, a bit during the game, you know, folks jumping in and, and wondering, like, when are we going to see Kevin Paredes come in? Kevin Paredes was actually not in the 21, what are we calling 18? it nowadays? I don't know. Well, for the, <laughs> not on the, the bench. The number formerly known as the 18. Yeah, he was not available tonight. <laughs> he did not travel, yeah. Yeah, Stephen Goff called it as a minor injury slash rest. Just a I mean, rest, The yeah. dude's been playing a ton. Um, also, I think we've seen him, like, grab his hamstring a yeah. couple times in the more recent games, and because he's a child, he was able to just play through and keep going, yeah. and adrenaline took but him, he, but it was probably... A- he got a rest last game, so I I, I don't know. Uh, look, uh, definitely error on the side of caution, but for sure, it, it was interesting, and I feel like we could have used him tonight. He's, he's been helpful in the past few games. Well, what I said to you guys in the first half, and and this was obviously before the shambolic second yellow card, which we'll, talk, we'll about talk about here about shortly. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But <laughs> I thought what could have been a a decent substitution and could have been part of a decent game plan would have been bringing Pippa in around maybe the 60th minute tonight, which would have been more minutes than we're used to seeing for him, but bringing him in for Russ and actually, you know, kind of flipping that over. Um, and it does look like we may be about ready for, for Ben Olsen here. So let's yeah. go ahead and flip over live uh, to Coach Olsen at the podium. First half of that game. And, uh, and it was an unacceptable performance from us. It was uninspiring. We looked like we were still uh, – on Sun Country Airlines or whatever we flew here this morning. Uh, and it just wasn't, it wasn't cutting it. And uh, all around the board, the, the, uh, whether it was the, the soccer part was, was very, very poor. Uh, problem solving, connecting passes, making the right decision. All of it was off. And, and then with that, we're defending uh, against a team we shouldn't be defending that much against. Uh, and you know, again, the, the, the animosity wasn't there. It was just uh, not good enough overall. And, you know, again, uh, yeah. But, yes, to back to your original question, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't like the when you're on a card, whether it's right or wrong, you have to be smart and not put uh, uh, put yourself in that situation where she can make, make a uh, uh, what was probably not the right decision, but can't put yourself in that uh, situation. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, ben, after after the red card at halftime, obviously you brought Moses into the game um, despite being down a man, despite being on the road. Uh, how do you think he handled that situation for the first time as an MLS player? 
I wish some of the older players played like uh, my 15-year-old when he came in. Got it. Thanks, Ben. I'll wait for a few more. Uh, all right, back to Steve Goff. Steve, go ahead. Yeah, along those lines, Ben, um, you know, uh, Kevin didn't make the trip. I guess he has a small knock. Um, and Moses came on, Griffin came on. There seemed to be some energy from those young guys. Um, what did you, uh, what did you take away from, from uh, what they were able to? Well, to what I take away is they're young and they're excited and that they play with a, um, a fervor that should inspire us. And, and that's what we need um, collectively. That's what everyone should be bringing to the game. Uh, we have an opportunity to play pro sports, uh, get paid a lot of money to step on the field and play at the, the level that we're capable of. And that wasn't the case tonight in the first half for too many of our players. It, it, so uh, so to, it go, to go back to your question, it's refreshing to see kids that are getting their first taste of pro soccer uh, and squeezing every minute and every moment out of uh, each touch, um, each play, the concentration was high. And, uh, you know, uh, you know th this has not been the case this year. It, it has not been the case with this team this year as far as want and competitiveness uh, and fire. It, it, it's a good group in that sense. And that's what's disappointing tonight uh, because we don't have the luxury in the situation that we're in in the standings to have a night like this against a team that was also down on their luck uh, with some personnel. Uh, let's make, you know, uh, make that very clear as well. So, um, you know, it, it's a shame that uh, we got the red card. You know, we, we end up getting in at zero, zero. Uh, and without the red card, you know, we make some moves and I, I think it's a different second half, but that's easy for me to say uh, the, set, the, the red card changes things. And we still have two really good looks, probably just as good looks as they do over the course of the game uh, with Ola's and Yamil's. And uh, we aren't able to kind of stick the knife in on those plays to, to get something out of the game or to go up one zero uh, as well. So yeah, a very, a very disappointing night. And um, uh, the one good thing is we get a turnaround against New England to try to fix this uh, and get back to what we, uh, uh, how we played the last month. Um, and uh, hopefully this is just a little blip. I think it is. Uh, we had some new guys coming in and Fish and, and, and Russell uh, and Steve, so the rhythm took a little bit of time to get into it. But as the half wore on, we started to wake up and, uh, you know, kind of start solving some problems. But it, at that point, you know, we, we put ourselves in some, some bad spots. Thanks, Ben. No more questions. Appreciate your time. Well, guys, uh, I've been following these United for, for quite some time. And, of course, we've been doing these press conferences most of the season. Ben was pissed tonight. There's no, there's no sugarcoating it. That was the most upset I've seen Ben Olsen since we've started doing this show. And, and I'll tell you, what that tells me is that the, the game plan tonight was not to sit back and bunker in a 4-4-2 empty bucket like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Ben did not get what he wanted out of that team tonight. And, and uh, boy, I think he let him hear it.
I I have never he Ben Olsen is a player's coach. We have seen him take the podium after after numerous games now, and he's normally the absorber of all the blame. Uh, and he's always had the locker room. Today he let him have it for the first time I have ever seen. That we was, assume he at least let us have it. We don't know what he's uh, in the locker room. Let's yeah, he he let the media know that he let the team have it tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because in a situation like this. I would normally expect Ben to come out and say, you know, hey, you know, we had some opportunities in the first half. We looked all right, then had the red card, and that really changed what we were trying to do. But no, that was not the Ben Olsen we got tonight. That was a he's fiery, he's upset. You know, uh, the thing that stuck with me from that comment there was talking about, hey, you know, I wish these guys played the way my fifteen-year-old goes out and plays. Yeah, like that's and that's something we've been calling for is you know a lot more fire out of this team and. If Ben's not seeing it and he's telling us publicly, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, even just tonight, Charles Bohm, Greg Roach on Twitter have been calling for Ben to play the kids, and, and I think you know, coach, coach alluded to it tonight. Of like, I mean, it, it's not just should we play the kids for the future, but in the present, Coach Olson feels like the kids are, are giving the performances that that he wants to see. Yeah, I mean that. Also, just makes me wonder. Like, he's been very positive to the to the media, but. I don't know. I think that like part of that has to have been this whole time, right? Like he's been getting a lot of criticism for saying like, Oh, that was our game plan. We went out and played like that. Like, Oh, we just didn't have a bunch of opportunities, but like he came out on fire and he knew exactly what he wanted to say tonight. So I wonder if like this has been an underlying issue of he sees not even like the play or the game plan or whatever, just more heart out of his younger players than he has seen from his older players. And that's something that we've commented on. Yeah. I mean, I've given Kevin Prades man of the match like every day since he started. Yeah. <laughs> but because that's part of the reason why though, right. Is I like see that heart from him and he's the only one who like, I was shocked at the way he was playing. And I thought that yeah. he was proving himself every game and you're not seeing that from the other guys right now. I, my takeaways from what Ben said there is, is Ben had my attitude coming into this game is this was three points for the taking and, and we didn't do it. And he was not happy about the red card and he was not happy about uh, Ola's performance, which should have been a goal. He was not happy about uh, another goal that, that, that should have gone in. And, and he wasn't happy on top of all that, that Nashville was missing their designated player tonight, yeah. which we haven't even talked about yet as a big, like DC United's got players back. They're down uh, a big, a big piece this this was not the he, performance. He, he was like more mad at Russell for putting himself in that situation though. Like he he disagreed with the card and he let us know, but like sure. most of what he was angry about was the fact that Russell put himself in a situation to get that second yellow, which like is not the Ben Olsen we know, yeah. right? Like I mean it's been a while since he's been thrown out of a game, but there was a stretch when it was like guaranteed every couple games he's getting tossed because he would let the ref well, have it. And and there's got to be a part of that that's like you finally get Russ back. You know, you you that that was again as we've talked about a lot on this show. That's was a position of depth. Then injuries decimated it. You get a guy back now. He's gone tonight. He's gone on on the weekend. It's just it's it's not putting the team in a position to have success. Not only tonight, but but going forward. Uh, and I want to touch on this not too long because I know we have the next co- press conference coming and, up. And by the way, I'll expect Stephen Birnbaum because we typically see the captain after a loss. Okay, uh, but. We, we, we speculated about how much Ben Olsen has to do with the makeup of this team, how much he gets to sit down with, with Casper, and, and how much he is aware of how much these players make. It seemed that he was very aware of that tonight and was not happy with, with what he was getting on the field. Uh, uh, the past few games, and he's been right to stand by his players, they've all been due for a goal. They're expected goals and, and what's actually gone in. They've been a little bit unfortunate. Tonight, I guess he passed the tipping point for that. 
and was like I, I, demanding the players play better. I absolutely commend that mentality too. Y'all are going to roll your eyes, but my English team is Leeds. And what Marcel Bielsa did is he had the Leeds players work for the amount of time that it took a uh, like minimum wage worker to pay for a ticket. He said, we're going to go pick up trash on the highway. We're going to go clean. We're going to go do whatever. And this is the amount of work it takes someone to come watch you play. So you need to recognize that like when people are paying to watch you play, you need to be giving them that product. And it like, that was what I heard from Ben today was yeah. you guys are being paid oh. to do this and you're not providing that product. So you're not making your money. Right I, I heard something a little bit different. I heard these academy players that are on the senior team now are making the league minimum which is like sixty thousand dollars and you're making literally 10 th- times that for kamara who kamara is making more than 10 times that and, and i think it was a call out to those guys who who have gotten the pay raise who have been a veteran but they're not providing that kind of experience i mean it's a little bit of the same right yeah. like they're just not making their money right now and he's pissed and like the fact that he even brought that into the conversation i think says that there have been other things going on in the background i probably. hope there's I, don't know. It, I, I mean ben, ben was pissed about that they flew sun country airlines <laughs> i mean like let's there's no biscuits on the flight you get nothing man <laughs> whatever we flew in on this morning he said. yeah but no one deserves it on the ride home that's right <laughs> you know, I, and to his credit you know he certainly you know called out a couple of folks you know kamara in particular but it was not a hey i'm going to get on this guy and try to get a performance out of him that was a very raw ben olsen coming out and telling us hey nothing on this team is going the way we want it to we're not where we want to be we're not seeing the kind of effort we want to see we're not executing what we expect to execute and it it showed i i want this ben olsen in charge of roster changes i i don't know i feel like the mood he was in just now would ship half the team, and maybe yeah. that's what we need right now. I don't know. Well, and and I mean, it to me, it raises a fair question of, I mean, obviously, within this fan base, Ben Olsen gets a ton of criticism, and, and we could talk for hours about how much of it's warranted and how much of it isn't, but I think if, if that's the Ben Olsen that the public sees more often, I would argue it's going to be a definitely different perception of the guy i i agree i also think something going back down to what you had said is like yeah we've incorporated these guys in defensive midfield like was our position of most depth so like taking aside like all the like results that we've had recently and all the injuries and everything like that like our entire season minus covid and everything like that like a normal season of with this team would have been a very defensive season because that's where we have the depth so the fact that that's what we put on today that's where our like quote-unquote strong players and our starters are coming back into the lineup right like we will talk about how the past several games we've had like this offensive flair and we were creating opportunities and we got goals in the run of play in the first half and it was phenomenal but we just need these key pieces back but these key pieces are defensive pieces so what does that mean for the team i think it was huge i think ben olsen played his preferred back four today uh with but even the midfield was the defensive midfield yeah yeah i mean back six yeah you can extend to that mora briant birnbaum O'Neal on the right wing now or on the right back position now and then Mora and Canals. That is DC United starting back six. And they shipped a goal to to Nashville and, and didn't look good at all. Well, and, and yes, they did. But to be fair, they shipped a goal to Nashville down a man. And it was a it was a situation where, I mean, Mora was was definitely outmatched on Should've the coverage. Should have had a man on the back post. I, and, and for sure, right, which, which probably would have changed some of the other tactics on the play, but you could also argue that there was a foul potentially happening. But I mean, at the end of the day with this national team, you got to score too. like in that first half to not, not have a goal. 
I, that's what's frustrating. I, I, I do, the, obviously, the, the, the text line and, and YouTube is blowing up a little bit here. Obviously, <laughs> Ben putting on a bit of a show to, to start off our, our, our program. And, and like we said, we're still waiting to hear, hopefully, from Stephen Birnbaum here any minute. But Yeah, I want to acknowledge that everyone. Sorry to cut you off. No, we please. are seeing your comments and everything like that. We always try to keep this part a little fluid and not get into anything too much because we know the press conference is coming. But yeah. we do see your comments. We do love them, and we will get to them. So bear with us. Look, Steve might have some stuff to deal with in the locker room yeah. tonight. That's true, yeah. It, it might be an extended delay. But one of the things I'm seeing coming through on, on, on Twitter right now, I, I just want to reiterate, I, I mean, I, I don't think that the game plan was to sit back and oh, defend. Oh, not and, at and, all. And, 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 you know, I, for DC United fans who, who didn't listen to the post game tonight or, 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 you know, just expected the usual, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And then there was a part in that in that first half where I was like, oh, my God, we went into an expansion team away and, and we, we got players back and we said – yeah, let's just defend for our lives and, and, and hopefully get a draw. Th- that was actually kind of where I thought we were heading, sitting down to do this show. But after hearing what Ben had to say there and, 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 and the way he said it, I don't think that was the game plan tonight. And, 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 and I just I just want to reiterate how jarring that was for us having watched these press conferences all season. And I think in a vacuum, if you looked at this game and said, hey, you went on the road, you got a red card the first half, you gave up a goal, lost 1-0 – yeah, it stinks, you know, no matter the quality of the opponent. It, it's unfortunate. But I, I do think that a lot of this is kind of the buildup of what you've seen. And I think yeah. we're getting ready to switch over to the press conference. Yep, here. let's head to Stephen Birnbaum live. not happy um, after the game and his comments, uh, just about particularly just the effort um, in the first half. What was your what was your take on things? Yeah, I thought the first half was it was a pathetic performance. I mean, we couldn't do basic things like just pass and move and tackle and uh you know obviously we dug our hole, uh, ourselves a hole and the red card and go in the second half and you know I thought the guys you know respond better in that way but the first half is unacceptable it was it, it was it was really poor from us and uh you know we, we need to really look each other in the eye and, and and nip this in the bud because we can't can't play the rest of the season that way thanks steve we'll go to jimena next jimena go ahead Steve, what do you do to regroup from the from this game? Yeah, I mean the good news is we have a, a home game on Sunday against New England, um, and you know it's a it's a quick turnaround, so we don't have much time to really dwell on this. But um, you know we just need <laughs> to be better everywhere. I think uh, that's really it. It was it was just a performance that uh, you know hopefully this kind of kicks us in the butt and and gets us going because. Um, we just can't play like that. I mean, that was something else. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, Steve, I know it's tough to evaluate after a loss like this, but this being your first game back after five games out, how do you feel you did? How do you feel physically? Yeah, I feel all right. Um, obviously, you know, I'd like a shutout and a win. Um, so disappointed about that, but, um, no, I feel, I feel all right. I feel okay. Great. Thanks, Steve. I'll pause for a few seconds, see if there's any more questions. I see one more from Jimena. Jimena, go ahead. Steve, do you think you could have done something different to prevent the goal? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's a tricky play. Uh, they get a, a first touch on it, and, uh, you know, we're pretty well marked, so... 
don't know. Thanks, Steve. I don't see any more questions, man. So appreciate the time. Well, he's usually pretty cool. And uh, obviously tonight, I think he could tell just a little bit that things didn't go quite right after the game in the locker room. And, and the message was clear from Steven there that they got to nip this in the bud moving forward uh, and try to get things back on track. Yeah, yeah. we joked around between us that, that Steve Barmont is definitely the most polished interview uh, on, on the DC squad. He's, and he definitely he's black and red through and He through. definitely showed some emotion there, mm-hmm. um, even in the pauses that, like, yeah, that was not good. Uh, uh, it's going to be a long flight home on Sun Country Airlines. We'll <laughs> take away from the media availability or whatever, you know. <laughs> no, All right. I, oh, I, I agree. I mean, as you know, as a captain, you know, as a head coach, like we have heard that. Or, do we have to go? No, 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 no. Okay. No, as a captain, as a head coach, like. We do sign language over here, Sam. We're just talking about you. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm questioning it. Oh, this is getting headed out. Go ahead. Okay. Um, anyway, I just think it was a lot that those two humans on DC United showed emotion tonight. And that's those are not two people that we usually hear that from, right? Who was at, yeah. like, Yamil a couple weeks ago, who was very angry about the defensive shape we were in. Like, yeah. that didn't surprise me a whole lot to hear from him. But to hear Ben and to hear Steven show the emotion that they did tonight, like, that really says something to me. I'm I'm happy. Uh, look, oh, I uh, love we, it. We, yeah. I want to see it change my mood for sure. Uh, if DC United, if they just kept coming out coming out with this like, oh, it didn't happen for tonight, or we're mad about this one little thing that happened in the game, I, I would be dismayed. But uh, but if there's actually a real fire uh, in their bellies right now because of, because of this loss, I, I'm psyched for it. Hopefully, some actual change comes from. And they're it. all like, the whole half was bad, right? They're not like, oh, it's just that yeah. one play that really got us, and the rest of it didn't quite go away. Yeah, they're that's like, the no, normal. The entire game was unacceptable. Is the message we're receiving right and if now? And you're, if you're a guy like Steve coming back from injury, yeah. like you have worked through that, you've watched this team play over the last couple of weeks, you've said, hey, you, know, I want to get back out there, I want to contribute to my team. I'm not putting this on, on Steve at all, but you right. heard the frustration on him t- tonight saying, hey, I'm back out there and our team is not showing up to play. We're not ready to go. you know, And that that's extremely frustrating to see it. You, you saw the frustration from Ben. You saw the frustration from Steve. And you know, I do feel a bit better knowing that the team is upset about it because if we had gotten another press conference where they talk about, well, you know, we gritted it out. We tried to play our game, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm 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 happy to know that they're frustrated. I would also like that to translate into better play. Yeah, well, one of the things we we have to talk about here, and we glossed over a little bit at the beginning, and we'll get to your questions here in just a second. And, and we've got to figure out what we're doing on I Sunday. Think I disagree, too. so they might not want to wait for that. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. But but let's 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 just finish recapping the game. Obviously, just before halftime, live we saw what what. I at least thought, and I think most of us did, was two yellow cards on the same play, which ultimately ended up. In oh, a, in we, a we thought we saw a Nashville foul on Russell Canal. Well, no, no, no. We did see a Nashville <laughs> foul on Russell Canal. <laughs> the call on the field was not that, but I, uh, Russell Canal, and, and we actually, I reached out, got, we got confirmation from the team at halftime that Russell was indeed. Uh, issued a yellow card earlier, which I believe was on the, the free kick that was set yeah. up. The seventh minute. Yeah, yeah that we free got kick screens that took forever. There was no graphic, but we have a screenshot here on Twitter. We might retweet it from the to the show account yeah, so you can see. You, make it happen. She's like barely got it out of her pocket, and I guess that was the the yellow card. Oh, I mean, and then the camera probably just, like yeah, that's away just a broadcast thing. Yeah. yeah, so we so we missed that, but then. I'm still stuck because I'm convinced Canals was fouled, not so I fouled. Understand. <laughs> you all don't think this, like on ESPN, it said a bad foul, which I had a hard time seeing, right? I saw more of the descent 
coming, yeah, which I, like would have been an understandable yellow. Um, that's not what it was quoted at. I'd be interested to see like later on what that was. So, um, so for me, as he's falling, he's reaching out, trying to grab. If he is going down straight up and you know after the foul or just loses balance and goes down, I think he's fine. But I think the fact that he tried to keep pushing it, tried to you know reach out and still stay involved as he's lost control of his body. But I don't have I don't have as big a problem with the yellow as y'all do. That's a yellow for you though. Like maybe uh, yeah, that's th- a foul. Maybe like, a foul. For, yeah. for that to be a yellow. I mean, even a bit of a even live, I saw it as he was fouled and then he fell down and his head basically tripped the Nashville player. <laughs> which okay, foul, but uh, for a second yellow. I mean, I guess I would maybe feel better if the yellow was actually more for the descent after the foul. Which Still is, won't be is happy. what it looked like. Even like the time frame of when it happened, she didn't whip out the yellow right away, right? He was like talking to her, right? Like there yeah. were there were many people around her, what? and he had been talking to her for like a few seconds, like maybe 10, 15 seconds, and then she pulled it out. So like even to me, and I don't know, this is just speculation, but like to me, even that makes more sense that it was for dissent. And I also, on top of all that, totally agree. Benny was pretty hot about that too. I mean, he was hot about everything tonight, but. <laughs> You know, he even went as far as like putting putting us in that situation. It wasn't a dangerous play. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, putting him in the situation was chirping at the ref. Yeah. And getting yeah. a second yellow. You're right. Well, I so, completely agree. So if it is a yellow card for dissent, then that's absolutely unacceptable. There is no, for sure. There's no reason that a player no who has already received a yellow should be barking Talking. at the ref, no yeah. matter what the call is. In your first game back, too. Uh, like, maybe maybe Ben's upset with the early foul there, the early yellow. As a D mid, you can't you can't get an early yellow like it that. It was pretty silly when it happened too. I think we all thought that. Well, as well. But it would be the second time that's happened. It is the second time that's happened this year. You look at MLS's back. I mean, Junior did the same thing and 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 got himself God. a pass from the second game. I mean. But well, I, at least at least juniors were for actual you know going in hard on tackles. <laughs> yes. You know, in, in this case, I think he earned three in that game if I remember correctly. <laughs> either either way, four, you know, I think. Ben does have a point that you know you know you're on a yellow. You shouldn't be reaching out and grabbing as you're falling. Like you do have to pull it back a little bit, and that shouldn't be chirping at the ref not. after that happens. Like let your teammates handle that. You just walk away because there's no reason. You're not gaining anything out of that situation. No ref is going to be like, oh, wait, you're right. I'm going to call it the other way, right? Like, I know that in the moment you're feeling all your feelings. You just got to say something, but you have to be smarter and walk away, especially when you're already on yellow. And a team that's as shorthanded as we are. You know? yes. Yeah. We were so excited to see Russ back in the lineup and back out there. It, to me, if, if that was truly dissent, I, I would actually put it on the entire team there, especially the, the midfield crew of, like, you, you've got to be calming and, and pulling a Russell away in that situation. But I look forward to hearing, hopefully, more details on what that yellow was, whether it was the, the foul in, in play or whatnot. But just wrapping up the game here before we move to your questions, um, we do got to talk about the goal. 70th minute, Daniel Rios, uh, Joshua, you said it live. I completely agree. It was coming. Um, Bill made a spectacular save two, two to three minutes beforehand. If, if that, it might, it might've been, might've been the, the goal kick that, that they played. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, this was a, this was a tough situation. I, I actually thought that DC might've had a shout for a foul on the goal, but it's also impossible that Joseph Moore is just way smaller than most people. And so he just wasn't going for it. Also, yeah, like, I, he wasn't jumping up. I side with the goal scorer on, I mean, on the if more, if more falls down, he might be able to, by a call there you know we've certainly seen that happen but it's not by any means a guarantee and you need to 
instead of trying to find a way to fall down, you need to be getting in the way and actually marking your man yeah. and letting him, you know, go around you and put him on that. Man, game. I could see it on Bermond's tip when he was like, ah, oh, the goal we had, everyone man marked pretty tight except for Mora who got like Jordan. <laughs> he got worked. Also, I mean, there's no way also it. I'll say every time though, you got to have a man on the back post and the front post. I don't understand why any team doesn't have a man on the front yeah. and back post because goals like that don't go in. Anyways, they just don't. Uh, I don't know if it's that simple. It's but that I, simple. Put a body there, it doesn't go in. Just not to not acknowledge that t- today a female head ref refereed a game, and she did just as well as most pro referees. So <laughs> uh, in her first game, so we should probably be expecting great things from her now. Yeah, Tori, Tori Penso, and and it was it was funny. I mean, at the beginning, I, I I think we all recognized her, obviously from 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 being an AR, you know, previously. And in Orlando, yeah, it was when she was first in AR. I, I tell you what, man. Unfortunately, she's she's deep in the pro system because <laughs> it ain't it ain't pretty, friends. Look, look pretty. Ted Uncle is like that on his two thousand game yeah the, so the, she, the only credit i'll give her is she, she took control of the game early which is not a, a hallmark of the pro refereeing playbook and, and to be fair the referee did not decide the outcome of the game it certainly changed i don't know no, 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 she it, took it, russell off the field it, it certainly I changed don't think that decided that it certainly changed it but you know this is a team that got four shots one shot on goal yeah you know, no, you're right you're, you're absolutely right she took, a, she took a defensive player off the field like i get what you're saying and it obviously changed the game but I mean, that wasn't whatever. That wasn't what Ben and Steven said. They said our first half yeah, was yeah, horrible, yeah. and Russell got thrown out at the end of that first half. So I don't know that her tossing Russell out changed the trajectory of the game. I, I think we weren't playing the way we wanted to the whole time. I, I disagree. I I think Russell marks the striker better on that on that play than than Mora That's not does. His man. Who's Russell's man? He's somewhere in the middle, but Mora as that side uh, defender is definitely the display, one. I don't think Mora should be marking anyone. <laughs> I'm just the short saying, corner. like lining up, like that's definitely Mora's man. In no situation, if Russell's on the field, is he marking the bas- the back post runner? Uh, that's that's some of the worst defending I've seen out of Joseph Mora on a corner. I, I was I was surprised, uh, but. We're live here on Tried and True, the DC United Postcamp podcast presented by Heineken, and we know you guys have thoughts. We've seen them come in through the text line, through the YouTube, but if you want to join the show, you can always text or call at 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6DCU, or of course, jump in the, there you go, or jump in the uh, YouTube chat or on Twitter using the hashtag Tried and True DCU. Uh, we, we do have a text here, and this came in right at the beginning of the show uh, from our friend Donald. This might have been the most frustrating match of the bunch I, I thought bill hamid played terrific but our set piece defense fails us once again this was a very winnable game and we couldn't get anything done on offense i fear this is a match that will be a downer for the morale of the team because we should have left nissan stadium with three points and i will say this text did come in before, before. coach olsen delivered i, his, I, I think that makes the <laughs> world of difference i donald i if you're still listening or, or watching text us and let us know what you think about the press conference and the reaction from ben yeah. and even steven uh, who who were very uh, I look I think this does the opposite from morale now the way they approach this um, I think it could galvanize the squad and make them so much better I feel like it could really go either way because I think that the the locker room right now is in shambles like everyone's yelling at each other right now I would think like Ben is not happy Steven's not happy I don't think that anyone is walking away feeling really great about this um so I think this is an opportunity for the team to either turn around or it's an opportunity for the team to sink even lower. We'll see what happens. No, I think you've got a great point there. I think it could very well be concerning that we never see 
Ben or Steve come out and talk about, hey, you know, be that upset. If this is the point we've gotten to and this is you know one of the last cards they have to play to see if they can get a reaction out of the guys, that's that could be very disturbing. And you know maybe it works, maybe they turn it around come, moving forward, but it's not what we're used to seeing out of out of the guys. You know maybe they're feeling the pressure. You you're coming into this back half of the season right now. You are tied for last in the league. I think mm-hmm. on goal differential you might actually be straight up last. That's not where you want to be, especially in a year. It's a tough year. You've got injuries. You've got you know, all sorts of challenges in front of you. But of all the teams in MLS, you are in the very last place. But only by a few points, right? It's not like we're in last place like we were in 2013 by like 87 points. Like, Isn't it pretty close at the bottom of the The way this team is playing, though, if you had played a full season, do you doubt that we would be in a similar basement? No, but I'm saying maybe this is the turning point, right? Everyone's pissed off. Everyone's shouting at each other in the locker room. It's going to be a testy. kid-friendly show. (laughs) Everyone's shouting at each other in the locker room? No, I'm just joking. Okay, so. Nothing about this show has been kid-friendly for weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I will say, uh, shouting to, oh, actually, Dang, wrong West Coast team. I was going to say Vancouver just went down 5-0 to LAFC, so it could it could be worse. I think San Jose is down by a bunch right now, too. Yeah, it's true, and that's what Greg Olson's saying, is at least our goal differential is still better than San Jose. Yeah. I just think that this this could be a turning point. There are plenty of games left. We're close enough that potentially we can turn it around. Shocking negative 21 goal differential. But look, For they, who? San Jose. <laughs> no. Yes, but they also have to play these good teams. Who I mean, Seattle put seven on them the other night. We, we play Cincy and Nashville. Who you are, can't be giving up touchdowns. Who, who haven't scored seven in their like career. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We might have to add up our goals on the season. All right. Um, let's go to the YouTube. So... Richard is saying, you know, DC United does not seem to be able to move the ball with many speed to many back passes and hold up the ball. I, I, I agree. I, I was, I think we were all really frustrated with how they came out to start the game, even when they had 11 men. I mean, a couple times I, I reacted quite vocally while we were watching the game that to get touches, Ola Kamara was coming back to, you know, the fourth or fifth deepest man yeah. to, to get a touch. And that, that's not a recipe for success. And again, I, I fully expected this conversation tonight to have been much more of like, what is, what is Olsen thinking for tactics in these types of situations? But I'm now convinced that that just wasn't the game plan. I, I, I still think we can still, I think we can still ask that question. Uh, look, normally in, in the midfield, you have a six and eight and a 10 and a six does the defensive midfielder. We normally play more than, than what you're supposed to there. We play Canals and Moreno side by side and they're both sixes. Then you have an eight who moves the ball up the up, up and down the pitch, pitch. And then you have a ten who creates things. And and we didn't have an eight or a ten today. Uh, but my question is, who plays the ten or eight for this team right now? Flores. Flores. Flores is out. Ariola has done it as a like a pinch ten. Well, it yeah. does sound Pippa. like Flores is closer to returning than we thought. Um, but it sounds like that he might be coming back and then going that. out to Peruvian duty. Yeah, I don't so, know about that. isn't Jordi Reyna on this team? I don't know. I think he just I, had his first practice the other day, though. So yeah, you can't I expect, expect him to be him available to jump this right weekend. In. I think, yeah, that's what Ben He's said a during the pregame. Winger striker, though. I don't think. So, do you move Gressel in more? Gressel was awful at the 10. I, I no. don't think Gressel should be played. Gressel's no. not a 10. We're in the jersey right now. I don't think he's anything more than. He could be the best right back in this league. He yeah. wants to play in the middle, though. He said yeah. that in a in a press conference. I, expectation management needs to happen with this team everywhere. 
and I I think they're look he he we saw a couple times where Odie or where uh, yeah. that's the shout and 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 I said it a couple weeks ago after we saw it we saw Paredes at the ten no we did we did we saw it and and Can I think you say he's, the full comment for all of us not looking at it Paredes at ten that's yeah. that's it <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we saw it I wasn't impressed I I, I don't think he's a creative force. It was better than not having one like we had tonight, <laughs> yeah. though, right? I mean, yes. <laughs> we put a body, <laughs> an able body in it. <laughs> um, man, I, I don't want to call on a third DP signing, but but I think it, that's Follow-up what... question, why not? Um, because this team has <laughs> literally never done it, and then we get into oh. this whole organization thing. Uh, Gonzalo was available until like a week ago. Oh man! Listen, if it's gonna be Kevin, I would love for it to be Kevin. I don't Kevin, care what his Kevin's age a is. left winger. What are you talking about? I mean, I mean he's, we saw he's him a, whoever the is available. He's, he's, he's a young which, enough to be trained. Which position is empty tonight, and can we slot him into? <laughs> no, I, I, welcome to MLS. I, to that point, you know, Kevin has been great on, on the left wing. This is not a U twelve U fourteen team where you play your best player in the middle because he's going to get the most touches. I'm not saying that Kevin is the best player, or, or the U.S. Men's National Team with Pulisic. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, we need the air horn sound effect on this board <laughs> stat. It, it or looks, we just need to mute Joshua, maybe. In an ideal setting, you, you get guys in the positions that they are the best at, and you let them grow there, and then you find out ways to fit the other spots. Yeah. I don't want to force Kevin into being a ten. I think. He might have the talent to do it. I think you could see him there at times. But He's if got the you're, flair. but if you're going to say that, <laughs> you know, our answer. At, so why are you mad about it? At our attacking player is, or our attacking midfield is going to be Kevin. I, I don't see it yet. Well, so he, here's okay. here's perhaps a more important question though, and, and this is this is not you know to to directly refute you saying like maybe he doesn't go there, but what is Kevin Paredes's best? position because I, I we've been impressed with everywhere we've seen him it's not left out of the 23 it's like that's my point though like why not watch him in the 10 you guys are both my, very my counterpoint down is that, about that is that I, tens I, I, I'm in. tens on, on successful or decent mls teams are the 10 million dollar transfers in Okay, that's not happening this season. I think it's unrealistic to expect you're that. Right. So why not throw the kid in there? Right, you're we're right. already last right. in the but league. Then apparently, the expectation so. will be—he'll be compared to the Zella Ryan and the Diego Valeri. I don't care. Let him develop. Yeah, Let that, him learn what it's like to play in the middle and to have a team around him and to try to shoulder that team. But when team, he doesn't produce, when he doesn't produce, who else is producing in that spot harmful, right now? That's harmful for his development. I, it's not. I'm with Sam on this one, Joshua. I mean, listen. First of all, DC United is not getting a ton of attention in the media to begin with, so these comparisons aren't going to catch much traction. But second of all, give the no, guy pe- a shot. people people are aware of the Yao Moses Paredes. and, and Paredes movement in DC. Uh, yeah. MLS is aware of it. They they mention it in a blip every article. They're not producing goals and wins right now, so they're not blasting it out trying to get them a transfer. But they do; they are aware. I think eyes will be on Paredes if he takes the 10 spot. I don't know. I don't think. I like the left wing spot for him because it's lower expectations. All he has to do is retain possession because that's barely what Moore does. And, well, more is the left wing, though. I mean, more is usually left back. But. Also, if you put Kevin in the ten, the expectation is not that this team is going to then win the MLS Cup, right? The expectation is that he's going to be a young kid who has creativity and flair in the middle, and he's going to figure it out and see uh, what happens. I think because it's worse. He's, he's bringing more to the team than the older guys are. 
as heard by Ben Olson uh, well, yeah, today. Olson so said, why not? I, I would say I'm I'm with you on on plugging him in at left mid. I'm I'm totally comfortable with that because that means Yamil Assad is not on, on, <laughs> on the field or in the stadium. But or you, you still didn't solve the number ten. I, I think if yeah, you, you try to still, pl- you look, got the if, permanent reservation. If you try to plug him into the <laughs> the spot that Ariola and, and Lucho and Flores tried to hold, and he doesn't succeed. Who that shocks his right confidence. Now, he, he needs. How many games did he have in that position, though? Who? Flores Kevin. Lucho? Uh, like he's the half. only one available but, right now. Well, so, so Joshua, I, I, I get where you're coming from. He's young. He's playing well. If you put him in a, a position to not succeed. But what I would say to him is look around at this team at everyone else who's failed to Maybe that was that Ben's message in the press conference tonight. And I agree with right? you. Right? I mean, if, if, if he comes up short. He is just as good as the rest of the team because no one is succeeding. And that's at that exactly where I year. am. I don't think that he's our long term solution in this. I think, yes, absolutely go try to sign a third DP eventually. I don't think that's happening this season. So maybe look or for ever. next season. And just in the meantime, like while we're waiting for players to get back, throw Kevin in there and see what he can do because he's been super creative. He's been getting a lot of attention and he's not any worse than what we've been doing so far. No. I, I, if you're going to. Give him minutes, and you're going to say, "Hey, you know, this is your opportunity to develop. These are low pressure minutes. Play him where you want to play him, and get him yeah. the experience playing there. Don't just say, hey, you know, we'll see if this works. You know, throw stuff at the wall.' I, like, yeah, I, I, I want Ben Olsen has been, and I want him to continue to be very intentional with his implementation of the youth squad because we've had them before. Uh, Hamid and, and Nahar aside, we've had Jared Jeffries, we've had. Uh, a, a lot of young players who have, I mean, Robinson, that that have come up and, and we've not and ben done hasn't them. given them the opportunities. Or, or yeah. when he did, they were in the best position. Robinson came in at center back a lot, which is, uh, I mean, what was Robinson's position? Was he right back or center back? We never really found out. So I don't want us to do that parade. We never found out is that he, he was well, benched forever. He didn't show in those positions and he wasn't given the opportunity to so grow into what him. happens when Paredes doesn't show in the ten? You slide him back out when Flores is healthy. I'm not saying, again, yeah. I'm not saying that this is a long-term solution. I'm saying, what do you put in there right now? Because now we're down another midfielder because Russell can't play on on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I would start Moses alongside uh, Junior. I want to get to Moses. Moses was good in the midfield today. He didn't look like he was out of sorts. And he's, again, he's a year younger than Paredes, two years younger than Yao, and, and he's probably the best prospect on this DC United team, I think. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. And, and I think what's what's frustrating to me with, with a lineup like tonight is it's kind of hitting me a little bit right now, right? Is for, for games, we were clamoring for put a striker out there, right? When when Kamara was hurt and we had two out there tonight, we couldn't even feed him the ball. And, and my first reaction tonight was, well, maybe we need to go back to, you know, the the, the four two three one or something. No. But, but all of that is a product of failing to get the ball forward to said strikers. So I... I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to see more Moses. I hope Moses starts at the weekend. I don't know how else you do it at this point. <laughs> no, yeah, we're so stripped back there. And, and and on that point, we're live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We've got a, a number of questions to go through here. But if you want to join the show live, uh, we'd love to hear from you. 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6328. 8, but a question we've been sitting on here for a minute in the YouTube and, and Joshua reacted quite viscerally to when it came through uh, is is from Richard. Is our defensive midfield really our strength? And, and I'll own it. I think I made that point earlier. Moreno, yeah. Canals, Felipe, none have looked that good this year in, in Richard's opinion. Strongly um, disagree. Yeah, I, I, I would disagree uh, too. Look, I, I think it's easy to dog this team. Uh, look, uh, 
this midfield is like I just broke down. It, it's it's not a normal midfield with the the six eight ten. Uh, it's been empty bucket at times. It's been two D mids and then a center attacking mid. It's uh, Felipe leads the team in assists right now. Canals has been injured for the most part, but he is a fringe national teamer. Moreno is a national teamer. He's drifting towards fringe because he's been less. Less I thought you said French for a second there. French. So did I, yeah. French. French Something on the outskirts. Changed. He is yeah. not a, is not a French in. national team. <laughs> I know. He is a Venezuelan. French. I got it. But I he, it. he normally starts for them. I, I think they have been uh, – Moreno had a couple crazy games, but I think they've been the, one of the the strong spot on this team. I, I don't know if that's exactly what you meant, John, but well, that's I'll go along with that. Well, yeah, I think they have. Go ahead, Mike. And this is a last-place team. Like, you're looking for strengths. You know, it's a comparative game. Like, it's certainly not striker. Yeah, you know, yeah no. You, you look at the team and say, hey, maybe it's outside, you know, you know, playing the wings, you know, Gressel, guys like Assad, Ariola when he's healthy. Like, that, that could be <laughs> a strength. Ask John Assad. <laughs> yeah, stop. <laughs> that could be stop. a strength. Like, you, you go into the year thinking, hey, you, know, you got some depth there. But no, uh, the, you're not getting assists out of them. You're not creating chances there. When you really you know, break it down, you know, aside from goalkeeper, which we've already talked about having good depth there, defense has been giving up goals to expansion teams. Uh, by process of elimination, it's a strength, but certainly not by much. Like there's no, there's nothing on this team that says, yes, that is your calling card. At least you have strong defensive midfielders. So, you know, I guess to that extent, I'll say, yes, you're right, Richard. That's not a, you know, thing to hang your hat on, but that defensive mid is not our problem that we need to address. Well, and, and what's interesting and, and, and Sam, I want to throw to you in just one second, but it's, it's rare when we have hardcore stats to back up our opinions on this show, but uh, our friend uh, MJ at Ande Kade on Twitter just said, apparently our defense, it, it, it's not completely terrible. Statistically, we're, we're a pretty average defensive team. It's not terrible. And, it, and if you look at it here, I mean, we're literally dead center on, on the graph that, that he just sent in as, as far as expected goals and, and goals we've given up. And, and I, I think that checks out. I mean, I'm not out here saying, and, and you know, again, Center defensive mid being my strength on this team when everyone's healthy is is very different from me saying we have a top defense <laughs> in this league, right? But I think the problem really is, yeah, this this defense can do a job. It's the offense that we've been looking for all season. I got stats to back you up. Back. Uh, zero shots, zero pa- key passes, and and wait, nothing of what? significance that from shots tonight. Shots. No, 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 from the two midfielders. Okay. Okay. okay well, that's where I was going to go. Is like it's a very different thing to say that we have a very strong defensive midfield depth chart and just say that they're the ones who are going to win us the games Absolutely. or prevent us from losing the games. Yeah. Neither of those things are true, right? Like Felipe, before he got hurt, was playing really well for this team, I think. Like you said, Russell has been injured, but so we haven't seen a lot of him, but previously he's been pretty solid. You know, Moreno has been kind of up and down, but like he's also like of recent been pretty solid. But they're not the ones who are the center backs, right? Or the goalie or like the outside backs who are stopping that key pass in or that key yeah. shot that leads to their goal. They're also not the ones assisting, right? Or the ones who are making that shot that scores the goal. So it's very saying that we have a very strong defensive midfield is very different from saying we're a very good team or that That's we right. should be winning all these games or yeah. we should at least be like tying these games zero zero. So Yes, I agree that we have a very strong defensive midfield. Do I wish that were our strongest position? No. Right? Do I, I think that we need to build everywhere else? Yes. But I don't think that you're 
the team is not like being built upon that, but it's not taking anything away from anyone else to say that we, that's our strongest position. Uh, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is not an elite squad by any means. There's a reason that Felipe has bounced around from team to team. You know, it is not your calling card. If this defensive midfielder is the best thing you ha- can say about this team, you're probably not going to be in a good spot in the standings. Yeah. And sure enough, we aren't. Uh, but I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, having if you're trying to address issues on this team, defensive midfielder is not the pressing end all be all that's causing you problems. We'll take a second to shout out our uh, our, our friends at Across the Pond who are hanging in there strong with uh, the return of the NFL season, but also for the return of the Premier League and, and all of the the English. Uh, all the European soccer, uh, for that matter. Uh, but if, if you uh, check them out, whether that's in person or, or ordering uh, online, you can use the c- promo code podcast uh, for five percent off your order. Um, dude, they got. I mean, they got some really good food. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little hungry at the moment, and and I could go for one of those Popeyes. They, they have really great gluten free food as well. Anyone who's listening is gluten free. I am as well, and I can eat a plenty there. For sure, and and with that. I think we can do this really quickly tonight because I feel like we might all be on the same page. But we got to award a man of the match. I'm looking at you, Sam. You're the one who's going to throw us off. Don't look at me first. All right, (laughs) fine. I have my thoughts. I want to hear. This is the second time you've given her a pass. I'll go. It's Bilal Hamid. Uh, Yeah, tonight Joshua learned that that's Bill's first. I feel like I've read it before, but I forget. Uh, He left the team for a while and twice. (laughs) Um, But Joshua's throwing every single piece of shade this episode. (laughs) Look, you made a couple key saves tonight. The rest of the team definitely wasn't man of the match. Um, and you can hear him in defense. I, I said to you guys at one point, I wish Bill could coach the team through the attack as well, because then maybe they'd score a goal. Um, but he organized that defense the best he could. Uh, it's a shame that Mora got dunked on. Uh, I don't think Bill could have done anything about that, but he had some great saves. He's my man in the match. Do you guys remember that season? Well, I mean, of course you remember the season when when we when Wayne Rooney showed up in like June or so. <laughs> I mean, but, two years but, ago. <laughs> but going into that season, it was like the running joke. Everyone's like, "Yo, Ben, who's going to be the captain?" And he's like, "I don't know. I might wear the armband." Can I give Ben Olsen man of the match for his post game <laughs> press conference? I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. He could be man of the post match. Well, yeah, we'll have to <laughs> check with the. No, it's it was Bill Hamid I, for post sure. Um, I, I I don't know. I hope one of you guys has a runner up because because I don't, Sam. Yeah, I was going to say Bill, too. I think he came up with some really key saves. I think Bill has always been really great in his reactionary saves, and we definitely saw that in full today. And I I'm, I mean, I missed also just hearing him in the back line, right, the entire time. We were just like, oh, yep, there's Bill. Yeah, like, the audio track is Nothing is to solid. take away from Chris Seitz, but he just didn't provide the literal, like, verbatim what he was thinking. We could hear it loud and clear through the broadcast. So I definitely missed that, um, and I think Bill deserves it tonight. Yeah, for me, the team gave it to Bill. I don't have a problem with giving it to Bill. I think he made two very good saves, you know, reaction-based. And, you know, the goal that went in, you know, we talked a little bit about him, you know, seeing it go by him. But the thing with Bill is that when goals get scored on him, they're goals that he can't stop. If he has a chance at getting there, he's almost always going to get there. Uh, and we are so lucky to have a, you know, a talent like that between the sticks, you know, holding down the defense game could have been much worse without Bill back there. If I have to look for a, a runner up or an honorable mention, again, it's, it's tough for a bleak performance like this. 
I did like some of what I saw at Aggressal. You saw some balls in. You saw a couple of opportunities that he took up front. Uh, same with Assad. Uh, I know Woo! John's go- John's <laughs> going to get on me for for the Assad, but uh, you know, he. What what mic are you on? I'm <laughs> <to be fun. laughs> Just don't mean mine. <laughs> uh, you're right. I, but, but, but Assad had you know perhaps the I think yeah, it was the one game. shot on goal uh, today where he uh, took on players, went forward. He said, took it. Yeah. You know he could, yeah. he, he could have you know pushed it out to the sides. You know perhaps made a better choice at the end. But if that's the only shot you have on goal, and it was because Assad said, "Hey, I need to put the team on my back and what? move forward and have a shot." I'm I'm fine with that. Again, yeah, th- th- it's, it's a shocking indictment on the entire team. Uh, if Yamil has the, to go coast to coast, which was shots. impressive. This is, not, this is not a deep field to choose from by any means. Yeah, I, I also want to shout uh, Fred Bryant, who oh man, no, I need to see more from Nyman Gregory. I, that's a solid shout. He looked good in the in the minutes that he had, but he didn't really change the so game. He would have given it to Nyman. Yeah, he's you know, he's there for runner up, for runner up. Okay. But I, I have Bryant who has. We'll, we'll cons- call it the Sam Kastner runner up award. <laughs> Brilliant has made a goal line save in like each of our last four games. So if, if you just yeah, take true. the results of those games and add one to the, to the to opponent. I would well, like to put just an, a slight honorable mention. It was great to see Stephen Birnbaum back in the lineup. And I, I it's been a long don't time. Don't get no. a <laughs> just, No. <laughs> okay. Continue then. No. Yeah, I agree. It was great to see him out there. He was not the man of the match what i was going to say to was that i missed that moment at the end of the game when we were like whatever let's just throw burn bomb up top and see if he can get a header in which is where i was no, going I, with that i don't miss that ahead. i would love to not see that <laughs> yeah I was gonna say, ideally we would never see that but you're right that, that is something we haven't seen in a while thank god but it's always fun and it's more fun when we actually have like a headed attempt by him which we we couldn't pull together um when was the last time that worked Oh, he was leading goal scorer on the DC United like a while yeah. back, but it 20, worked a 2013. lot. <laughs> he's like frequently. It has definitely know. worked. Like, there's a reason we sent him forward. You know, he's obviously yeah. capable of winning header stuff. But it's been a while since I've seen. I mean, again, part of that situation, like you don't expect it to be a high percentage uh, situation that you're sending your center back forward and hoping he scores a goal listen i but wasn't saying that that's ever yeah, my yeah. ideal i think game you just plan. came up in the wrong wrong segment for that i i'm sorry i, I jumped okay. the gun there i thought you were trying to give it to him for showing up no <laughs> all i was saying is that that's never the game plan but like the dc united of old and me like or you know when it's our last ditch effort like it's always like just amusing to me because I played, I guess, because I played defense as a child. It's amusing to me to see a center back running around up top trying to figure out how to also, score. Fun fact, John. Uh, Steve Burbaugh was not on that 2013, but he is the result of us being so bad. We drafted him with the pick that we got from being so terrible that year. Nice. Good stat. Yeah. I feel like because of our slandering of Sam, I didn't get to take it out on Yamil as much as I would have liked to have. But what I was going to say was it was a great run by Yamil there. And, and it's frustrating to see an entire team, you know, have to rely on one guy to go coast to coast. But come on, man, pass the ball. You had two people open at the end. You ain't got to take it all on your own. <laughs> That's also true. Still in the doghouse. All right, <laughs> let's, uh, l- let's move on here. Um, obviously the phone line is still open, um, but we got to talk a little bit about the schedule for the final games of the season here. You have to switch the graphic back. It was all good. But, oh. oh, now we're back to the press conference. Yeah, yeah. There, oh, there we go. Uh, the phone line's still open, 202-892-6328. If, if, you, if you're not getting your thoughts through in, in the YouTube chat, give us a call. But the schedule is out for the last nine games. Uh, going into tonight, I looked at this and thought there were some pretty winnable games on here. You, for the first time in, in their MLS history, I think I'd like to see Atlanta twice on the schedule. 
That that's <laughs> that's promising. For the Red Bulls again, Chicago. You don't love to see Philly. Uh, we owe Cincy one. Philly, who tied Cincy tonight. That's uh, true. This is also the Philly that ran it up on us. Though. You're right. You're right. I didn't get that. Was also a bad game by us. Like maybe we'll turn it around. But I'm just saying, they yeah. didn't have a great result tonight. I didn't watch the game, but well, perhaps all is not lost. Columbus is the team you didn't want to see, but they're only on there one time. Orlando's not on there at all. Who we could have seen a couple times based on how the season's going. And we how got weird is that, for the that Orlando time. is a team that you look at and say. No, glad we avoided. Jarring. Yeah, second in the East right now. It's it's the upside down, it, and of course Montreal. It's it is the upside down, and it's I, I don't know, guys. I mean, again, this show is not how I expected it to go based on how 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 Benny reacted there. But you know, they've got New England at the weekend again. They got to get three against New England at some point, right? We got to get three. New England's that good. at some point. But I. But again, I mean, we've said New this England on the had show a, had a pretty good game today. Like oh, they yeah. won pretty. Handy yeah, they dismantled Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. So I think this team can. Uh, Montreal, who look, Thierry Henry is not a good coach. It turns out. I think we're all <laughs> learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They learned at AS Monaco last season when they almost got relegated You're after right. being I one think of the MLS best teams. Had their hopes, but yeah. um, no. I, I look. I I hope we get get something out of uh, our former coaches team, Bruce Arena. Well, you know, and it's weird trying to look at the schedule and figure out how it's going to project out. You know, you look at games like Philly and Columbus and you say you're going to need a very good day for things to go well the yeah. way the season's going. Most of the rest of the games you could pull something out. You 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 might hope for something. But we're also in a, a weird situation again being at the bottom of the table looking up. You're only 3 points or so out of being in a playoff spot how many points do you need to get out of the schedule to move forward? And you know, we have no idea how to project that out because of you know, how weird the situation is. You could do it. I don't know if anyone's really excited for the idea of being a 10 seed in the playoffs and yeah, saying, oh, well, at least we made them. But Listen, I'll say every time you don't have to be good in MLS until the ending stretch of the season. Seattle has proved that many times. So maybe this is the turning point, right? Everyone's yeah. pissed off. Everyone's yelling at each other. But Seattle, figure it out. Seattle has shown us that they can get good. This team, not yet. Give them the opportunity, though. Like, we're not at the end of the season. We have seen up until now, like, the past several games, we saw some offensive chances. We saw a lot of improvement. Maybe this is just a little bit of a slump that's going to – kick this team into gear right i mean hindsight will be 2020 either way but so i think i think that leads into my you know my my final question tactically tonight is to all of you obviously what do you do against new england this weekend i mean we've seen them a couple times we we know the hand we've now been dealt with russell not available obviously some other injuries are, are, are stacking up what what do you do we're we're not getting anyone back out of the group that's injured now, right? Like we possibly Paredes, who's like injured uh, slash having yeah. a break. I'm gonna expect that he's available. Yeah, but I don't know that. Uh, look, and we also talked about possibly the, Reina, like the, he might be in. The the main problem tonight was creativity in the midfield, and I I don't think we have a solution just because our midfield's destroyed with damages right now. I I don't know. Like I I want to fault the 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 four four two tonight. I I don't love to see an empty bucket. Um. Okay, so we can't play that in the next game, right? Because Russell's out. And uh, I think one of the kids, Nyman or you someone, could, is going to have to. Nyman is going to have to do that. He's not really. 
none of the kids are really a six though right so it's automatically like a different outlook anyway i mean the kids can be put in the positions just like you were pitching for Paredes. i i, I think they're gonna... right but i think they have more creativity and more drive to push the ball forward and i think we literally heard that from ben today I, I, to answer john's question I, I i don't know what what happens next for new Senate. they they're they're too injured to try new things at this point i think i Man, I, I think you just hold on and try to do the best. Well, you got to give me, you got to give me a formation or something. I mean, that's you what I'm getting at. Again, at least one is the we... change with Russell. With, with Russell, it's got to be Nyman. He's the only okay, other so, midfielder. So on the you're roster. going one for one. You're going four four two again. The, what else can you do? There's there's no one on the bench really. Uh, well, I mean, there's there's a full bench. It's, it's just a matter of I, I, I'm getting is more there? tactically. What do you want to do? Because this is the first time we've seen the four four two in in quite a while, and, and I wasn't thrilled. I don't Michael. know what I want to see out of this team. You know, I'd have to you know sit down and break down where people could play. What I expect to see is a very similar four four two. You probably saw it in Nyman straight up for Knaus and see what happens from there. I don't think you're going to see folks like Yao starting. You might see Brace come back in, uh, but aside from that, I wouldn't expect Ben to tinker too much with this. The four four two is what Ben knows. It's what he it's what he likes. You know, he has tried a couple other things, but at the end of the day, he's going to come back to the four, four, two. So that's what I expect to see. So, I mean, there's a big part of me that really wants to see three or five in the back. However you play I, it. I, I think I'd like to bring in the three big exactly center backs. That's exactly where I was thinking. I'd go Gressel and Paredes on the wing. You, guys, if you have to, and then they can pinch uh, in. I've been watching so much can... of Nuno so far. I, I think a five, three, two is the only solution for this team to try to do anything at once. Uh, Wolves run in a lot. Is you put three center backs who know what they're doing in the back, and, and two wing backs who go up and down the pitch. So just work with me. Who who you put in a wing back? Uh, it's Paredes and Gressel and and Gressel. Okay, so Laura uh, doesn't do the job as a wing back. Oh, I agree, but what I struggled with is then then who's your three? Moreno is in there. Nyman is in there, and then okay. I guess a peep is Griff? not going to start. Got to be Griff. Yeah, it's got to be a sub because we just don't have numbers. Uh, but th- that's the formula. The numbers thing, or the the people think. I don't think we're going to solve. We're, and, we're then, just and then up top, people. are you doing? Are you doing Rivas and Rivas and Kamara is our Kamara only option? Okay. I, I mean, I'm obviously good with that, but I think Michael, you make a, a good point that I mean, that's that's probably not what we're going to see. Sam, where's your head? I mean, my head was right where yours was. With I'd like to see like the five slash three in the back. I don't know what the pregame graphic looks like for that um Flip a coin. <laughs> exactly but uh, yeah i would like to see you know the three center backs and then the wings who are able to completely like just push the ball forward um and then we've got three in the middle ish then and then two in the front um i think that's i think that has a lot of potential for this team i think so many of our ideal players are injured right now this season is crazy and not the way we expected it to go anyway um but i also think that that will give us both the offensive and the defensive options that this team needs, right? You are able to bunker down in the moments when you need to, and you don't have possession, but you also have the opportunity when you do have possession to build the ball and rush it forward. Yeah. And frankly, I don't think that the problems with this team are centered solely on formation. You know, you can make some tweaks there, but as some of our commenters on YouTube are saying, this team is not moving the ball fast enough. They're not moving forward with any kind of confidence it's really got to be a stylistic change to say, hey, we're going to go in search of opportunities. We're going to try to go forward and try to create what we can do. 
obviously that did change a little bit in the second half given the you know situation you're in being a man down but I, I don't think that you know four four two or five three two that's not going to be a a cure all for the problems that are facing this team yeah it's it's going to be interesting this weekend and, and it's going to be interesting moving forward because we've seen some some pockets of success over the past couple of weeks. And as we bring, you know, it, it's one thing to say you, you've got players who are out for the season. You got to make do with the group you have and, and you have the same group week over week. They, they get better playing with each other and they get better playing in consistent roles. But that's another challenge this team has is as players come available, like we saw tonight, force tactics changes, which overall makes the team look to me less, less good than they have the past couple of weeks. But Shifting around the league, um, obviously we had announcements today from both uh, the the Black Players for Change and for Major League Soccer uh, to get people to the polls. Very nonpartisan uh, announcements, but Sam, we talked a little bit on the last show um, just about the, the league in general trying to clear up Election Day as, as time for, for players and staff to, to get to the polls. Yeah, um, and yesterday was actually, um, yesterday was actually a national voter registration day i want to say and i think a little bit either earlier than this week or last week i'm sorry it's just the fact that it's COVID and time has no meaning um but it was uh black people um black voter registration day or something like that i'm sorry it's very late in the night and these things were you know in the past but um yeah i just think it's important to vote and i think everyone is agreeing that it's important to vote um i think that's not the only thing that is going to change our society. I think you still need to like educate yourself on who you're voting for and, you know, hold then your elective elected officials accountable for and, you know, volunteer in the community if you can, or just talk to the people around you about if they can volunteer or donate to places. If you don't have the time to like, you know, there are just so many things that you can do and voting is like the very least, you know, if you have been privileged to have always had a vote in this country, then use it. And if you have needed an amendment in the Constitution to vote in this country, then use it even more. Right. Like feel privileged that you now have that vote and know that you haven't always. And I just think um, it's important. I think it's also notable that like here in the district, everyone keeps saying, call your senators and we don't have senators. So <laughs> You know, I think just do what you can and, like, be as knowledgeable as you can and just understand that, like, the onus is on you to make change if you want change. Um, and, yeah, and I appreciate that the team is kind of partnering with Black Players for Change and they're really putting it out there. Um, and, again, it's very nonpartisan, so if you don't want change, vote for not change. If you want change, vote for that. But they're really just saying that everyone needs to get out there and make their voices heard. Yeah, and along the activism lines, another shout to Kick Childhood Cancer, right? Using the hashtag Kick Childhood Cancer, Sam wearing the same jersey for weeks, which is another problem we'll address <laughs> after the show. Um, but <laughs> if you use that hashtag, uh, one of the various sponsors from Major League Soccer, I believe it's Continental Tires, is is donating a, a large chunk of change. Um, and so, so please take a moment to do that um while you're as josh would say smashing the like button following <laughs> subscribing telling I a never friend about that. our show you know you could even in, in part of your your childhood cancer tweet you could also reference our show uh we would be cool with that as well because the money goes regardless of who you tag in in the post as i understand it right yeah. so so why not you know you can't hurt oh we are definitely not seeing any money from it 
<laughs> we will see no money. <laughs> that, that's just a general statement about we the never show. See any money. Uh, but before we look ahead to, to to Loudon and the Spirit, which none of that stuff is well, actually it has for Loudon, uh, and we'll get to that in one second. But j- just a couple of quick lineup uh, updates from from the YouTube chat. I want to address. We had we had a proposal this weekend for a five one three one. Which I, I had to do the math, and, and that is 10, so that's the correct number. It's just, it's not a formation it, I see a ton. Um, we need 11, though. <laughs> well, and of course, a, a keeper, right? But, I'm teasing. But uh, Gregory Olson saying that that would be uh, Assad Reina making his, his black and red debut and Yao uh, in the midfield there, which would be interesting. I I, 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 I can't say I hate it. No, I, I was about to say, I don't hate it. Have we seen a Griffin Yao start in MLS? I don't believe and, we and have. We, and we haven't seen Reyna for DC United yet. Uh, I think we're overlaying like Olsen plausibility with yeah. <laughs> what, is the, what is the idea. Look, it sounds and looks good on paper. We'll see if it, yeah. Yeah, and we have another one here, a 4-5-1. You've got Pippa and Assad playing uh, in the two forward midfield roles. Gressel right, Predes left. Sigur in the middle, striker uh, of Olas, Sorga, or Yao, and that's uh, MJK777. Guys, I guess one of my questions, and I'm going to try to get a couple into Benny this week if I can if I can break free on the midweek press conference, no. or I guess the midweekend press it, conference. Uh, Benny Mike, I don't think we actually have a minute count for Pippa, I was but about I'm telling say, you it's not 90. I, I was about to say, is it legal for Pippa to start for DC United? Maybe that was like part of the agreement with Columbus or, or something, and it's gone. I think the uh, maybe he'll I've only heard... start against Columbus when we get there. Or game. against Miami. <laughs> well, they're not on the schedule. <laughs> oh, yeah. Florida teams are not on the post schedule. Game, post game, <laughs> or postseason, I mean. Um, no, what? <laughs> postseason for that one. You talking about? Yeah, playoffs. A DC United Miami game in the playoffs tells you the playoffs is too big. <laughs> <laughs> it's the no. seventeen seed versus the. <laughs> what I was getting back to is someone who's taken days off and mostly has afternoon meetings and can make most of most of these pregame press conferences. Um, is that? What I believe I have heard is that Iguain has about 30. You know, is that about we shouldn't expect to see him before the 60-minute mark, whether that's right or wrong, it, tactics or physicality, whatever you have. But that, that I believe that is, like, the most of what I've heard. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right, too. I, I guess my question is, why? <laughs> I mean, it, it's been a long time. Is, it, is that a we don't believe that? the team is built to have a guy like that playing for that long or I I don't understand. Like, Oh, in theory, if he's recovering from an injury, right, that count should be increasing. And and I agree, Sam, I feel like I've heard 30 minutes since he joined the team. But do you think he was in March? Do you think he was brought onto the team to be a starter? No, for his salary. So so what, so what, so what are you saying right now? What I'm saying is he he shouldn't have a minute restriction. Right. No, No, but what, but, it's not normal to like see a sub at half, right? Usually that's like an injury or that's like a dire situation. We've done in like, the past two games. So. Okay, I mean, the, I, the, the, notwithstanding, right? Today we had a red card, so that's a dire situation. Yeah. Like that's not that's yeah, okay. outside the norm. Yeah, okay, so like half the last game. Okay, you're right. So there are exceptions to the rule, but what I'm saying is that normally you would see your normal subs around the 60th minute, and I think that that's why we're seeing this 30 minute restriction. It's not that he can't go for like 40 or 45 or like even 55, but it's that, that he's not going to start for our team for whatever reason. I'm not saying that's right. I've seen a lot of calls on Twitter that potentially that is the way to like kick this team into high gear and like have a really good start. And then maybe if he can't go the full 90, you sub him off. Fine. Yeah. Maybe that's the situation. But I'm saying that like Ben has said that he's not a starter for this team. 
So it's not surprising to me that we're not hearing that we're going to see him until the 60th. And I think my problem with that is that instead of, instead of starting him, we're just not playing someone in that position. Yeah. You're right. That's totally fair. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think Sam's spot on from what I've heard from Ben too. Like that's what he's pretty committed to. I guess my pushback on that would be you got five subs this time around for the rest of the season. So you, forgetting you, that. you could start him and, and plan to take him out in the 60th minute, right? So if he's good for 60, right, you, you could do that too. It's, 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 not, it's not a lost sub when you've got four other ones potentially. I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of tired of hearing like, oh, we've only got 20 or 30 minutes out of Pippa. Like I'm pretty sure my man's fit enough to go longer than that. So what's the real reason is, well, is what I'm interested in. To play the converse on that, you know, we've been talking about wanting to see what this team can do, wanting to see – new guys and new positions, you know, trying to play younger folks and really try to iron out something that we can build on moving forward. Pippa is not going to be a major player on this team in two years. He might not even be a major player on this team next year. So if you yeah, let him hear you say that though, no, no, no. And you know, I, I love the, atti- <laughs> the attitude from him and, you know, would love to have him, you know, be successful as long as he's here. But the reality of it is he, this is not a piece that we're building our team around. So if you're Ben and you're trying to say, hey, you know, this is what we're trying to build here, then Pippa can do a w- amazing job in practice of showing guys how to be a professional and you know how you conduct yourself. And when you get in your minutes, you take advantage of those. But I don't necessarily need to see Pippa coming in and playing the first 60 and then going out after he's been gassed and you know, running on fumes for those last 10 minutes or so. I mean, the team is in a much better position than we are to say what their fitness is like. But again, if Pippa is your cure-all for this year and moving forward, you you say, hey, you know, as long as we play Pippa, we're fine, then you're in a world of hurt. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with that. It's just that something has got to be close to a cure-all for this year or else we're not going to make the playoffs or if we do it's going to be an ugly an ugly go and i guess that's that that's my only point with pippa is we, like, we sure, just lost one zero to an expansion team or last we are in the middle of an ugly go yeah uh, you're, you're not wrong <laughs> i i guess i gotta use this transition speaking of ugly goes Loudon's game oh, this weekend no. has been postponed due to COVID positives. I, I really hate to say it. That Where's way, that air horn at? I <laughs> look. This is not good. This is something that we've feared since since the return of of all of the leagues. The USL has been doing you know as best they can, uh, but obviously they're not having as much success as Major League Soccer. But their game uh, away to Charleston this weekend has been postponed due to some COVID positives. No details, obviously, protecting the innocent there, but um, hopefully uh, folks are, are able to, to get healthy really quickly. Hopefully the spread is, is limited and Loudon can be can be back going again. And, and you know, just, just speaking of Loudon, you know, we talk about some of the youth movement here, and, and one of the things that Olsen was criticized throughout his career for was, was not playing the youth as much, and, and, and Loudon was supposed to be a tool for that. Obviously, this year a very different story. With we, you're not seeing players move between the leagues. Just in my opinion, and I think in a lot of folks' opinions, because of coronavirus fears of like let's keep them within the same system. But obviously, the, these guys, the three we talk about, you know, the most Griff, Kevin, and, and and Moses, they're getting some minutes here with these United, and they were on MLS contracts. So I, I don't know how much sending those folks down we would have seen this year unless you know everyone stayed healthy. Um, 
but that's tough for Loudman. Hopefully, uh, hopefully things can get squared away here shortly. Uh, sticking in the district, obviously the Spirit. Um, no change to their game. They're Chicago away on Saturday at 1 p.m. And as we've mentioned, DC United plays Sunday because apparently we're playing on Sundays now uh, <laughs> against New England at 7 p.m. And it was a big win tonight for New England against Montreal. So I, I think we owe I think we owe the Revs one here. It's it's, it's been a little while. <laughs> love to see it. I would love to see it. Yeah. Guys, what did we miss? What did we screw up? Probably a lot, but I don't think much to say now. I think, yeah, I think we hit everything. We'll just see how this team bounces back. Um, We've said many times in the show, but I appreciate how Ben and Steven came into this press conference. I a little bit appreciate that we only heard from Ben and Steven, right? I'm assuming we didn't just skip the third person, but. No, it's been the trend after losses. We only hear from the captain. I mean, that's right though right like you should only hear from your coach you should only hear from your captain and both of them said that today was unacceptable so I'm hoping that you know strong words are said and things change and we bounce back into this game on Sunday yeah and and to echo that you know you you saw a goal happen in the second half a goal that we all thought was coming from Nashville in a vacuum you look at this game and say hey you lost 1-0 being down a man on the road you know, it, it's tough, but you can deal with it. But on the whole, looking at the way the season has gone, the failure to score goals, go for it, and actually have success doing it, you know, it, it, it raises a lot of questions. And you know, we've talked about some of the potential ways forward, uh, things we'd like to see, but we're going to have to see more out of this team if they're going to make a push for an expanded playoffs this year. Play the kids, score the goals. Don't get dumb second yellow cards. What What is happening? <laughs> Joshua, are you going to tell folks to smash the like button or do I have to? I will never tell folks to do that. Do what you want. <laughs> I played the song to end the show. Thanks for hanging with us tonight. This has been Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll talk to you guys after NFL Week 3 and a DC United game coming up this Sunday against the Revs. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.